unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Hey, Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm glad to be back on the mic with you and excited for today's episode. Well, I'm excited about today's guest. He's back. He's you, Nathan. I'm talking about, yes, Copywriters Podcast, very own Nathan Fraser. Nathan's out with a new book, Sales Funnel Cheat Codes. This is my favorite book of his so far because it's so right on target and full of useful strategies and tactics for putting together a sales funnel that works and and fixing one that doesn't. The book is chock full of systems, funnel diagrams. And I don't know if you know this, but Nathan is quite an accomplished artist. And those are the most attractive flowcharts I've ever seen, his funnel diagrams. He has strategy. He has simple rules to save you from a lot of mistakes and help you make more money. We got a lot of great stuff to cover on today's show. But first, here's some great stuff you surely want to hear. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Nathan, welcome, and thanks for doing a little role reversal here and letting me interview you. Oh, thank you for bringing me on to talk about this book, and thank you for the kind words. I really appreciate it, and I'm feeling uh, blessed and flattered to be here as the guest today. All right, well, let's get down to cases. What led you to writing this book in the first place? Two things. A lot of times when I write stuff, it's to collect and organize my own thoughts on it. I'm exploring things or I'm getting good at things and I'm like, okay, I need to systematize this so that I understand more deeply what it is that I'm doing here. So that was part of it. And then the other part of it was just watching what's going on with the economy right now, watching some businesses pull back from their advertising and as advertising guys, we know when times are good, everybody wants to advertise. When times are bad, everybody needs to be advertising. If you stop advertising, you lose the attention. And if you stop advertising, mistake. Exactly. So I wanted to make sure with all of the changes in iOS and all the changes with tracking and all of the stuff going on in the economy right now, I wanted to make sure that business owners out there and copywriters as well, I want to make sure that copywriters are succeeding. So I wanted to put together the things that I've found that work and don't work when it comes to writing sales funnels and kind of put it all in one easy to consume bite size chunk of information. Okay, well, since you want to talk about things that don't work, let's relive your most embarrassing moment. What was the worst performing funnel that you ever created? Okay, so guilty admission, I have a lot of flop funnels. <laughs> and um, How you learn? 
exactly. Uh, I don't know if I have like a specific worst one. I know that I've had client ordeals where I just walked away completely embarrassed and didn't even have the gall to try and fix what I had messed up, especially earlier on in my career. Recently, and we'll probably talk about some recent examples as well, but recently I launched a funnel that went to two different audiences. And with one audience, it just soared. And with another audience, it just fell flat. And I had a, a hunch that it was going to happen like this. But that was uh, that was one of the major aha moments for me that the funnel, the offer, the sales copy, those are all important. But the audience is so important. And it was something that I had not been appreciating or giving as much respect to up until recently. And so that was kind of like the reason why also that I wrote the book was just I want copywriters and businesses and business owners to understand it's not just about the copy. We like to glamorize. Oh, I'm a copywriter. I can do this great stuff with words and I can persuade and influence. But the, it's it's. The copy is important, but the offer and the audience are so much more important in my opinion. So being a good copywriter is amazing, but understanding how important the audience and the offer are is where the real power is at. Totally agree. All right. Well, since you've had your share of worst performing funnels, I'm sure you've had some best performing funnels. Want to talk about one of those? Yeah, and I'll kind of touch back on the question that you just asked as well. I guess it depends on what the goal of the funnel is. Sometimes I'm running funnels just for lead generation, so I'm just trying to build my email list or build my pixel data collection information. Sometimes I'm trying to just get people on a buyer's list, and sometimes I'm trying to actually make a sale. So it depends. It's it's hard to say what's your best performing funnel because funnels all have different goals for different audiences. One of the very first funnels that I ever wrote was for a company that I own part share in, and that's Podcast Blast Off. And we ran a an ad that went to a how to build your own podcast studio on any budget. And we ran paid traffic to it for about six months. And then we just turned off the traffic and it's still to this day, it's bringing in 10, 20 leads a day and a significant amount. I think three out of 10 leads converts on the immediate follow-up offer, which is a $9 course on how to start and launch your own podcast. And so we juiced it up at the beginning and then it started doing very well because of SEO purposes. But now we don't do anything with it, and it still continues to bring in leads every day. It builds the email list every day. It builds the pixel data every day, and it's still bringing in passive income every single day. So I would say in the long term, financially and for the goals of lead generation, that was probably one of the very best funnels that I ever put out. And it was like the second or third time that I ever tried a funnel. So it was kind of a shock that it did so well so early on in my career. The funnel I was talking about earlier was recently for a client, one that did amazing with one audience and did horrible with another audience. It was a funnel on the top five tips for improving your cannabis growing technique. And with an audience that was familiar, was brand familiar, it crushes. And the follow-up offer on it is doing amazing. And paid traffic to the follow-up offer is also doing amazing. But 
to an audience that is not brand familiar, it's not doing very well at all. I think we saw a nine, a nine times return on ad spend to a, a brand familiar audience. And we saw like less than a two percent or less than a two times. It was like 1.3 times return. And that's not acceptable for me. And, uh, and that was to the cold audience who had no idea who the brand was. And so that was one of those times where I was just like, wow, the audience matters from a 1.3 return on ad spend to a nine return on ad spend is this giant difference that was like, a sledgehammer upside the forehead of wow why was i not respecting how important the audience was up until this point well sure you know live and learn and and 1.3 is still better than zero or negative number or something so big assumption i mean nine out of ten people listening to this podcast know what a funnel is but for that tenth person could you just give a real basic definition you know high level yeah, so for me, uh, and there's different definitions, but for me, a sales funnel is just basically where after the initial thing that you want them to do, you give them the opportunity to continue doing that. So if, uh, or continue doing something else. So you opt into my email list, I'm going to have a tripwire offer that costs $9 or $20 immediately after that to help recoup some of the ad cost. If you buy my tripwire offer, then there's going to be maybe a $97 offer or a $150 offer to help increase the cart value of each customer. And if you buy a $97 product, immediately after that, there's an upsell for the same thing that you just bought. So you bought one CBD oil. How would you like to buy two CBD oils? Or how would you like to buy a uh, monthly continuity? We We send a new CBD oil to your house every single month, so you never have to worry about ordering it every 30 days. It's just the, instead of one action and then it's done and we stop right there, we give you multiple choices or multiple options, multiple chances to continue the customer process with us before the initial checkout. So instead of waiting two weeks or three weeks to try and sell you something else, we're going to try and sell you something else immediately after you said yes. Okay, that sounds good. You know, you have an interesting statement in the book, which I've never heard before. Maybe I should have, but I really liked it. Advertising is the art of buying customers. Mm. What do you mean by that? So a lot of times people think of advertising as we're getting our name out there or we're trying to build brand awareness or we're trying to convince people to buy. I think of advertising as buying customers. So I'm not trying to get you to buy. I'm trying to buy you. I'm spending a certain amount of money to get you to turn around and spend a certain amount of money. And so when I think of advertising that way, it helps me keep my costs and everything else in perspective. So if I know I'm buying customers, that's literally what I'm doing. I'm spending $5 to earn a $7 customer, or I'm spending $5 to earn a $10 customer, or I'm spending $5 to earn a $40 customer. And so then I know how much can I spend to acquire each customer. And so it's kind of a weird and dehumanizing way to think of it, but it helps me keep in perspective what's the goal of this, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And it all comes back to the fact that I'm spending money to buy somebody who's going to spend money back with me. That's that's good. And it's it's very rational, maybe more rational than most of the really 
abstract definitions I've heard. All right. So let's talk about advertising and, and where you put your ads. One of the things you said in the book, which I thought was fascinating, was that when you're out in the web, how-to articles by other people and product comparison articles are great places to run your ads. Why did you say that? So those on display ad networks like Google or Rev Content or something like that, they will place your ads on other people's websites, blogs, news articles, stuff like that. And a lot of times we just kind of say, well, figure out where to put it and I'll just trust Google or I'll just trust Rev Content or I'll just trust whichever network or platform that I'm using. And they'll place them on all these different websites based off of who they think is visiting those websites, maybe based off of your browser ID number or something like that. What I like to do is I like to go out and do a little bit of research and find if I'm selling, say I'm selling a product for, say I'm selling some tennis shoes and I know that the people who are wanting to buy my tennis shoes, they're wanting to buy them because they are a runner, they're athletic, and they want the type of tennis shoe that I sell. And if they're going online and they're searching and they're the type of person who's just about to buy, they're probably going to be comparing tennis shoes. They're probably going to be looking for how to run the best mile or how to keep your heart rate in the top performance during your running or how to make sure that you stay hydrated, how to do proper stretching. So I know the things that they're searching for or I can guess the things that they're searching for. And then I go and I go on to Google or I go on to DuckDuckGo and I look for what articles are showing up on the front page when people are searching for things that they'd be searching for if they're my ideal uh, buyer. And then I look and I see, oh, okay, three of these on the front page all have Google ads. These are the articles that my people are going to be reading right before they're ready to buy. This is probably the best place to put an ad. So how to keep your heart rate up or how to get Juicy tomatoes if I'm selling a fertilizer or this fertilizer versus this or this type of soil versus this or this type of running environment versus, you know, treadmills versus running on the trail. These are the things that the people who are ready to buy are searching for. So I want to make sure that my ad shows up on those specific sites rather than just random sites that have nothing to do. A lot of times Google can say, well, this is a runner and they're looking for a juicer versus juicer. And we know that this person is also a runner, but they're not in running mode when they're looking for juicer versus juicer or when they're looking for whatever the latest political commentary was. But when they're when their mind is in running mode, when they're comparing running shoe from Adidas versus running shoe from Nike, that's when they're thinking about running shoes. So those are the articles that I like to target. And fortunately, Rev Content. Google AdWords, all these programs, all these platforms give you the ability to go out and find specific articles that you want to place your ads on. And if they're relevant and they're attractive articles and listicles and how-to comparison type stuff for the people that are looking to buy, those ones just always outperform any other kind of placement that I've, at least that I've discovered. Yeah, that is a great tip. And I didn't know you could pinpoint where you wanted your ads to be placed with those networks. That's, that's really good information. I want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy. As you may already know, the strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. 
What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. Okay, so for people who are watching, this is Felix the cat and um, wonderful, wonderful cat. He's a cartoon cat. I have a Mexican friend and she told me that it's called El Gato Felix in in Spanish, which isn't surprising. But you have another cat, or you had a cat, named Monster, right? And he taught you something about how great ads work. Could you share that? Yeah, so anybody with a cat probably has experienced this, where you sit down to type and your cat plots itse- or plops itself on your keyboard, or you sit down to read and your cat comes up and interjects itself between you and the book that you're trying to enjoy, or you're trying to watch TV, you're laying down on the couch and the cat comes and sits on your chest and blocks the TV. And this is one of my early insights into advertising in general, which was my cat would do that whenever he wanted attention he would find out what I was already paying attention to, and then he would put himself there. So if I'm watching TV, he puts himself in front of the TV. If I'm trying to read a book, he puts himself in front of the book. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, he's advertising to me. He found out where my attention was, and he put himself in between it and me. And that is one of the best things that you can understand about advertising when you're asking And I get this all the time. Should we advertise on TikTok? Should we advertise on YouTube? Should we advertise on LinkedIn? What's the best place to advertise? Well, the best place to advertise is where your audience is placing their attention. So if their attention is on TikTok, then TikTok. If their attention is on YouTube, then YouTube. If their attention is on an industry magazine, then that magazine is the best place to advertise. So wherever your audience is paying attention, take a hint from Monster and let that be the place where you put your message. Great story and great lesson too. You've taken the idea of the five levels of customer awareness, and I think you've refined it in an interesting way. Could you give us some tips about advertising to customers in different levels? Yeah. So the number one thing is when you're advertising, you want to know what the goal of your advertising campaign is. And typically mine almost always break down to two. Number one is lead generation and number two is direct sales. So I'm either advertising to build my leads list or I'm advertising to make sales. And I almost never confuse the two. And so we have, and it was Eugene Schwartz that came up with the five levels. It was. Yeah. So we've got completely unaware. We've got problem aware. We've got solution aware. We've got brand aware. And then we've got completely aware and completely unaware are people that are just not worth advertising to. You're just going to spend so much money trying to convince them that they have a problem, then convince them that there's a solution and then convince them that your solution is the right solution. I never advertise to completely unaware people. If I'm advertising to 
problem aware and solution aware people, people who realize they have a problem, people who realize that there are solutions out there, then it's always lead generation. It's almost always too early to try and sell them, but it's not too early to get to know them. So advertising an article or an advertorial or some piece of content that's going to help them feel more informed, like they're ready to make a buying decision. And also advertising back to my lead magnets, people that check out the advertorial, but they don't actually convert as a lead. Those problem and solution aware people, those are the people that I target my lead generation campaigns to. And then brand aware, people who are familiar with my brand, people who are either about to buy or have already bought in and have bought in from me and enjoyed the experience, those are the ones that I hit with direct sales campaigns, direct sales emails, direct sales advertisements, and lookalike audiences. So if I have a buyer's list, if a client has a buyer's list, and we can say, okay, these are the type of people who bought, and we can create a lookalike list based off of that buyer's list, then those ones I will also send direct sales advertisements, advertisements that are going straight to a sales page rather than to a landing page or an article or something like that. But I almost never mix the two. So problem and solution aware, almost always lead generation campaigns and brand aware and completely aware and uh, previous existing buyers and lookalike audiences of existing buyers. Almost always, those are the only people who see ads that go straight to a sales page. That makes so much sense, and so few people seem to to get it, but maybe maybe with your book, they will. So tell us overall what what are we gonna find? what I know what we're gonna find because I read it, but <laughs> and I liked it. but tell us what people will find in sales funnel cheat codes. So mainly, I wanted to break down all of the different types of advertising platforms that there are out there, all the different ways that you can advertise. So I go into display network advertising. I go into social media advertising. I go into video advertising. I go into all the different types of ads that you can place. And there's a a large amount of different ads, but they really break down into about five or six different styles of ads. And you'll get a good idea of each one. Then I go into how you can figure out which awareness level your audience that you're advertising is. And then we go into which type of ads with which type of goal should be served on which type of platforms to which type of audience. So I give you kind of all the building blocks. And then at the very end of the book, we go through some very simple funnels. I think there's 14 different funnels in there. And they're all simple three-step funnels. So it's step one, the ad. Step two, the landing page that they go to from the ad. And then step three, what you should do immediately after they go from that landing page to the next page. And so all of them are very easy to implement. All of them are very easy to understand. And my hope is, and the feedback that I'm getting from people is that it just completely demystifies First of all, advertising, and then second of all, where you should be sending people or what you should be doing with people after they click through on the advertisement. So it's, I think it's less than 70 pages, but I try to make everything no fluff, just straight to the stuff that you can actually use, the practical stuff. And so far, the feedback on the book, it it went to number one on like three different categories on Amazon and the reviews are coming in and everybody's saying that. It did exactly what I wanted it to do, which was demystify advertising and sales funnels. Yeah, I would say it's not a copywriting book. 
Um, but it is a direct response strategy book for online advertising, online direct response advertising. And I've been recommending it too. I mean, obviously I am here, but you know, to, to people in my life. So yeah, congrats on the book. Sales Funnel Cheat Codes, A Proven Strategy Guide for Crafting High Converting Ad Campaigns. And we put a link in the show notes so people can just click on it, get it on Amazon. Is it available as a hard copy or just as a Kindle book? So I did a soft launch as the Kindle book so that I could get feedback from people before I actually go to print with it. And so I'm taking some of the feedback that I'm getting. I will retool a couple of things in the book. When I do, I will put it out as an official print version and I'll update the Kindle version. So anybody who buys the Kindle version will automatically get the updated version without any extra charge. So, but yeah, I put it out as Kindle first, just so that I could get the feedback and make it the best book possible for people. Yeah. And for the old school people who insist on having a, a printed hard copy, when, when do you think that will be available? It might be available by the time that this episode goes live. So we record these episodes about four weeks into the future or in the past going into the future. Uh So four weeks from now when this actually is going live and people are listening. So right now there's a very good possibility that it is available as a paperback book on Amazon as well. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for um, getting in the hot seat, Nathan. It's a, a great show. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, David. And again, thank you for the kind words. And also, I know we're friends and we're co-hosts and whatever on the show, but you have been an inspiration for me. And whenever I get some feedback from you, that makes me feel like, yes, I accomplished something. So I appreciate that as well. Very good. All right. Well, um, you know, if you like this, please rate and subscribe. We're on YouTube or you can go to copywriterspodcast.com. Nathan trained me to say that. (laughs) And uh, we will see you next week. All right. See you next time. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on GarfinkelMedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to GarfinkelMedia.com and fill out the form. That's GarfinkelMedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.